close your eyes with me if you, if you can. Just be right there in the presence of God. What that means is when you're saying, I lift up God, you're saying, I lift up God above any situation. There is nothing above him. You know what that also means? There is no one above him. No one above him. That includes even if you're married. That means God above your wife. God above your husband. God above your friend. Right now, some of you, you're going through a family turmoil, and you're going through it, and you're wondering, what should I do? You know what I want to challenge you to do? it puts God above your situation. You're going through it financially. You don't have all the answers. What do I do? Do I go to school? Do I not? Do I keep this job? Do I leave this job? What do I do with my marriage? What you know what I want to challenge you to do? Lift God above your situation. Lift God above it all. I want to challenge you. Watch what happens when you put God above it all. Close your eyes and lift your hands with me. And let's just sing this one word. It's really simple. What do we sing? Hallelujah.
Spirit behind this pulpit. He that has an ear, let him hear. Let faith grow stronger today than it was last week. I thank you for allowing your power to be prevalent here in this place. I give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And all together we said, amen. Give the Lord a great big hand of praise. Psalms chapter 96. Remain standing for just a few more moments. Psalms chapter 96. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. And I'm real excited about this message. If you were here earlier in the service, you're probably wondering, wasn't that pastor playing the drums and now he's preaching? Yes, that was, that, that was me playing the drums. I'm a musician. I love music. And this uh, particular message hits home even more. And you're going to see why in just a little bit. And we'll be talking about music and worship and worship and music. But there's so much stuff, to be honest. There's so much. You, you, you kind of have to break this up into parts. I mean, there's, there's so much. And people always ask the question, you know, is worldly music wrong? Is there anything wrong with this music? Can I do this? What is wrong with I don't see anything wrong with this kind of music. And so I kind of want to do my best to answer that question, but I'm not going to give it to you in a yes or no answer. I want to do my best to explain the gospel truth. And then prayerfully, you will be able to make that assessment as best as you can. That's my job as a preacher. My job as a preacher is not to tell you who to vote for. That's not my job. My job as a preacher is not to tell you where to go and what to say. That's not my job. My responsibility is to preach the gospel truth, and prayerfully, you will live the truth. Because the Bible says the truth will set you And I don't know about you, but I like it when we have free people here in this church. Psalms chapter 96, verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Now jump down to verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant. And everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. You look at that scripture, you go, wow, I didn't know trees know how to sing. I didn't know fields were jubilant. I didn't know the earth could rejoice. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to read it to you as you're turning there. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with the perseverance the race marked out for us. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them music and worship. Then you may be seated. I'm going to try to make this as quick and short as possible because there is so much to this that I could go on easily for hours and hours. But I know that you have to watch the game. Okay? I understand that. Your team's probably going to lose anyways. It doesn't matter. So there's the outcome. See, now you don't have to go anywhere. There you go. I understand that, but I want, I want you to know something. This message is very pivotal, especially to those of you that may come from a background of music. You may have come straight from the club last night. Hello, somebody. You may have come driving up listening to the music, and you think, it has no effect on me whatsoever. Well, let's talk about that. I want to talk to you biblically. I'm also going to talk to you scientifically. I want to talk to you mentally. And how that mental transfers even into your physical. 
you may think, well, it's not that big a deal. Okay, well, we're going to talk about whether it's a big deal or not. Your worship matters. We're going to talk about that. There are so many references and important messages in the Bible that refer to music and its purpose. Music that ranges from ceremonies to creations. They range from battle cries to battle welcome homes. Even from how we ourselves will hear the coming of the Lord through music. Let the trumpet sound. Music has always been a part of the human race and a part of human nature. Even when we began this service this morning, we began it with music. But why? Why music? Why such an intense purpose of using instruments to motivate or make happen our actions through just some simple arrangement of notes? First, I want to take a look at some biblical foundations of music or even singing in the Bible. Now, music is mentioned in the Bible over 839 times. 839 times. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. I'm just going to give you a few scriptures, and then we're going to quickly move here. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Now, many people know Moses as the, del the deliverer. He got the staff, and he split the Red Sea. But you, you also know that the, this great man was also a singer, sang too. He knew when to sing, how to sing, and what to sing. Because he understood that the music that he sang had a purpose to it. Joshua chapter 6 verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. Now, this is a very famous portion of scripture where it talks about Joshua going around Jericho and how they were to be very quiet, but at the right time, lift up a shout of praise. It's funny that even music made walls fall down. Now, I'm not talking walls like barriers that you and I have. Oh, I don't like this person. No, I'm not talking about those walls. I'm talking about literal walls. Music made walls literally fall down. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5. After that, you will go to Gabeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, tambourines, flutes, and harps being played before them. And they will be prophesying. Even here in scriptures, there was prophecy. And while there was prophecy, there was music happening. While there was prophecy happening... Music, I wonder if even the prophets were playing the music as well. I wonder that. I wonder if the prophets even knew how to play music. There was always something happening with music. Now, let's take a look really quickly. I gave you just a few scriptures, and there's a lot of them. There's many of them. But I want to give you just a general history background of how music has been very important. Look at this. The influence of music has been uh, very clear on society, even in our modern history. Music helped Thomas Jefferson write the Declaration of Independence. When he could not figure out the right wording for a certain part, he would play his violin to help him. The music helped him get the words from his brain onto the paper. Albert Einstein, recognized as probably one of the smartest men ever to live. A little-known fact about Einstein is that when he was young, he did extremely poor in school. His grade school teachers told his parents to take him out of school because he was, and I quote, too stupid to learn. It was going to be a waste of resources and for the school to invest time and energy into his ed education. The school suggested that his parents get Albert an easy manual labor job as soon as they could. Now, of course, his mother, she didn't think that he was very stupid. Instead of following the advice of the school, Albert's parents bought him a violin. Albert became very good at this violin. Music was the key that helped Albert Einstein become one of the smartest men who ever lived. Einstein himself says that the reason he was so smart is because he played the violin. He loved the music of Mozart and Bach the most. Now, a friend of Einstein by the name of G.J. Withrow, 
said this of Einstein. He said that he used to figure out his problems and equations by improvising with the music of the violin. Whenever Einstein could not figure out the equation, what he would do is he would get the music and he would play it. And as he would play it, he would figure it out. Music made the smartest mind of our time very influential. Now, music is so powerful that even when we were young, many of us, we would not know our ABCs if it wasn't for music. Think about it. Try to say your ABCs without music. You have to really try hard. It's very A, B, C, D, A, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. You want to put music to it. That's how powerful it is. What you hear is very powerful. The things that go in your ear is very powerful. And understanding that, that what goes into your ears is very powerful, you need to know that what goes in and also what goes out is very powerful. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. So don't think for a second that, oh, it doesn't matter. what I, I, I'm used to it. I know what I can do. No, 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 no. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I've done my own scientific study, if you will. And I was actually watching this, and it really kind of got me. I want you to just play that video, if you can, uh, of a movie theater. And people who were watching a scary movie. Uh, is it up there? Is, no, that's not it. That's not it. Can you play the other one, please? We're going we're gonna to get this going here. They're, they were watching this scary movie. Now watch this. You could, you could turn off the volume. We don't need the volume. But you see here. And as we're watching this scary movie, now this is a real movie theater in Lansing, Michigan. Now, if you notice, as they're watching this scary movie, they keep covering their eyes. You notice that? When the scary part comes on, there's a scary part, and they're watching this scary. This is real. I'm not making this up. This is real. Probably some of you have done this before. You've watched a scary movie, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right? That's what they do. It's a, it's a normal reaction that we have. It makes even the biggest of grown men become the weakest person in the room when they get scared. When they get scared. Oh, my gosh. What are they going to They're around the corner. Oh, my gosh. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. Oh, my gosh. They get scared. And what happens when you get scared? They cover their eyes. Okay, I believe it's over. I can turn the lights back on. Now, Americans get scared. They cover their eyes. Watch the Asian countries when they get scared. They don't cover their eyes. They cover their ears. The reason why is because horror does not necessarily come by sight or fear does not come by sight. It comes by hearing. It's scary. Now, I want to challenge you. Some of you, you love scary movies. Oh, you love horror movies. You're all into it. Okay. Try this on your own. Do your own experiment. Watch a scary movie. If you, if you already do it. If you don't, forgive me. I don't watch scary movies. I don't like them. They're unimportant to me. But on your own time, if you're watching it, turn off the volume. See how scary it is. It's not scary at all. Because you look at it and you go, it's not very scary. See, David himself though, said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because when you're in the shadow and it's very dark, your ears get heightened. And you can hear the crackling of the twigs. And you're like, what was that? I heard something. What was that? Something. My sense, my ears. And what happens is, because you can't see it, your ears and your imagination run wild. Because of what you hear. Because of what goes in here. Music was so important that even in battle, the corpse of drums or the field of music in the United States is a type of military band which originated in European armies in the 16th century. The main instruments of the corpse of drums, of course, are the drums and also the flute, or they call it the fife or a bugle. 
unlike full military marching bands, corps of drums usually exist within the infantry battalion. A drum major is a leader of the corps of drums and is and in the past of five majors served as the principal fight fifer or the flautist. It is known that by the earliest 16th century, and I'm talking military here, each company of infantry soldiers would have a single drummer and a single fife player. These two musicians would march at the head of the company, and when not providing uplifting marching tunes, they would be used by the company commander to convey orders on and off the field of battle. Now look at this. Drums in 1664 were used for raising the Duke of York's and Albany's maritime regiment of foot, the Admiral's Regiment. This regiment of 1,200 personnel had per company six snare drums, the ancestors of the Royal Marines Band of Corps. Each time a maritime regiment, or from 1672, a Marine regiment is disbanded and a new one appears in its place. Drummers come in. Now look at this. Especially the young ones who played, who liked playing drums and wanted to serve while playing them. This, when the drums played, it supported their regiment. Now, you've probably seen it before when you've seen in battle, right? You've seen the guy with the patch over his eye and they're carrying the flag and the drum. Because when they would be on the field of battle, the drummer and the music was very important. Because as long as the music was playing, the battle was waging. The music and the battle coexist together. Even, uh, it's funny, you know, you see many different movies, right? You'll, you'll see them, and whenever they talk about, okay, uh, it's time to go fight. What are, sometimes, what do they do? Even in movies today, they'll put on their headphones, and they're like, okay, all right, let's do this. You know, it's funny, the other day, I was, I was flipping through the channels, and I seen uh, one of the guys, he was on his motorcycle, and he seen a jet going, and he's like, yeah, you guys probably know which movie I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, it's like, highway to the danger zone. And you're like, yeah, all right, let's do this. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, Tom Cruise. I could turn the lights back up. seem a little dim right now. It, it's, you know, it's funny because whenever music and battle, when they get together, it just gets you ready. You're like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Let's, let's have this happen. Right? Because music and battle have always coexisted together. Now look at this. I want to show you the, the video that he first plays. Let's play this again. Now I want you to see this. This is a salt experiment with sound vibrations. Go ahead and you can turn it up. We need the audio for this one. Now you can kind of see here. Formations begin to happen as sound happens. And as the pitch changes, so do the structure, so does the movement. You can turn it up a little bit. Help me with the sound here. This, this is a message on sound. Come on. You can kind of see here. Isaac Stern, a renowned violinist, said, Everything we do is connected to music. Civilization is based on a certain level of discipline and order, and this is the essence of the structure of music. A Sufi master said this, Music should be healing. Music should be uplift your soul. Music should inspire. Then there is no better way of getting closer to God, of rising higher towards the spirit, 
towards the spirit and of attaining spiritual perfection, then use it. If only it is rightly understood. Francis Crick, who is the co-discoverer of the DNA, he said, Consciousness is somehow a byproduct of simultaneous high-frequency firing or neurons in different parts of the brain. It is the meshing of these two frequencies that generates consciousness, just as the tones from individual instruments produce the rich, complex, and seamless sounds of a symphony orchestra. Now, what you just saw is kind of what we would say a physics experiment. You guys remember that? Were you guys awake at that time in class, in school? This was a physics experiment. Now, this physics experiment has to do with what's called resonance. Now, I'm just giving you a foundation right now that is even out. I'm not even giving you scripture right now. This is just science. Tell your neighbor it's science. Somebody once said, oh, scientists say there is no God. The funny thing about it is that science proves there is a God. Look it up. It proves there is a God. That's what science actually does. And so in this scientific experiment, the study of resonance, this is what resonance is the tendency of the system to oscillate at a greater amplitude at some frequencies than others. Frequencies at which they respond, the amplitude is a relative maximum, are known as the system's resonant frequencies. At these frequencies, small periodic driving forces can produce large amplitude oscillations because the system stores vibrational energy. Look at this. This occurs when a system is stored and easily transfers energy between two or more different storage modes. In other words, you store it from one place and it goes to the next. But not just anything, it's called energy. Energy going from one place to the next. Are you hearing me? That's what the sound is. So in other words, sound is not just tones, it's actually energy. Are are you following me here? Um, Remember, I'm just building a foundation because I want you to fully understand this thing. Did you know, look at this, I was studying actually church music. Look at this. I was studying church music. And there is a, a, a chords that they have. It's called the augmented fourth. That's what it's called. Now, for those of you who say, well, I don't really know music. I don't understand it. Let me explain it this way to you. How many here in this place you understand, uh, how many speak Chinese? Anybody speak Chinese? Okay. Anybody speak Korean? Anybody speak Korean? Okay. Anybody speak Russian? Anybody speak Russian? Okay. How many speak Spanish? Okay. How many speak English? Okay. All right. Okay, good. Now, the reason why I asked that is because I asked you how many of you speak Russian? Nobody. How many speak Chinese? Nobody. I said Spanish. Some of you, and even some of you that raise your hand, you're like, a little bit, enough. Well, that's the thing when it comes to music. Many people, a lot of times, they think they understand music, but you really don't. You think you do because you know enough. Just like many of you when it comes to Spanish, you know enough to get you by. But in all reality, when it comes to music and sound, many of you, music is actually nothing more than Chinese to you. Because you only know so You can tell when it's not of the language that you do not understand, but you fully don't understand it. So when it comes to music, you think, oh, okay, I know it. But in all reality, if you really understood it, there might be some things that you would not let in your ear. Why? Because you fully understand it. The augmented fourth, if you've taken music theory, or I know some of you have, the augmented fourth was actually not allowed in the church in the early 16th century. Did you know that? Those chords were not allowed. Do you know it? Can, can you play it for me real quick? These chords were not, they were banned from churches all over the world. You could not play this. Look at this. Go ahead. Now, this is an augmented fourth. Play the regular chord. Augmented. That was not allowed in the church. Now, let me tell you why. 
They called this the augmented form. They actually called this Diabolus and Musica, or in other words, the devil's music. It was an interval that appeared in the modes used before the emergence of the major and the minor scales. The augmented fourth became the hallmark in the 40s and 50s, also known as the type of jazz, or we call bebop. That's what it was called. It came from this, the flattened fifth. Jasmine of the area also had a hand sign which consisted of a high five but with the thumb folded into the palm. This gesture used as a greeting between jazzers was known as the sign of the flattened fifth and was often accompanied by expressions used as ulya ku, man. Ulya ku, man. You, you ever heard that, seen that in the movies? Ulya ku, man. That's what they used to say. Perhaps this explains why many people even call jazz the devil's music. Because it originated from the augmented fourth. Someone even mentioned to me that Snoop Dogg, look at this. I'm not even giving, getting into the artist. I got so much stuff, it's not even funny. But I'll give you a little bit about Snoop Dogg, just a little bit. Snoop Doggy Dog. What's my name? He was so high, he had to write a song about how he couldn't remember his name. What's my name? Oh, yeah. Snoop Dogg. Did you know that, does anybody know, let me just, by chance, does anybody know Snoop Dogg's very first hit? His very, very first hit that he ever, that brought him onto the scene. Okay, everybody knows G-Thing, right? Does anybody know the song before that, that made him? There was a movie that came out. I remember it, too. I'll never forget it. Believe me, I'm telling you. I think it was around 9 or 10 years old. But I always loved music. Always loved music. And there was a song that came out. I'll never forget it when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's tight. I I like rap. I still like rap. But when I heard it, I was like, uh. And I'll never forget. I watched the video. And I remember going like this, like, uh. Because it was a song that Snoop Dogg, that first brought him onto the scene. With uh, Warren G., Dr. Dre, there was a song called 187, and there was a movie called Deep Cover. Because it's 187 on the undercover cop, yeah, and you don't stop. <laughs> they say the chords of that song were the augmented fourth. That's what got him into the scene, was the devil's music. Boom. Very interesting, is it not? I mean, but music, it's not a big deal, right? There's no big, there's no, it's, it's just music, it's just notes. What's the big deal? I can take it. You know what's funny is that even when I was growing up as a kid, I used to listen to music a lot of times. And I used to always tell my mom and tell my friends, I go, no, 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 I, I, I'm not listening to the lyrics, I just, I just like the beat. I just like the beat. After I've studied music even more, you know what I come to find out? It's not even the words. It's actually the beat. It's the beat that soothes you. It's the beat that excites you. It's the beat that moves you. The words are just over it just to be there, but it's actually the beat. Music has always had an intention and had its, had its purpose, purpose. Now look at this. Remember, I'm not even on the scripture yet. I'm not even there. I'm just talking some scientific proof here. This is just science. Tell your neighbor he ain't even there yet. I'll get there, but you're going to have to come back. Now look at this. This is from doctors. Okay, this is doctors. And you can look all this stuff up on your own. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. Scientific studies have shown that after surgeries, Certain types of music can heal a wound faster. Scientifically proven. Remember, I'm not even on scripture yet. This is just doctors. Doctors. That after surgery, your wounds can heal better with the right music. Our bodies, just in case you didn't know this, our bodies live on a rhythm. Certain kinds of music can alter the rhythms of our body. 
That's why it's very important that you need to know wherever, you're put, wherever you put your body can or cannot put you in or out of rhythm. Did you know that? Your bodies live on a rhythm. Now look at this. Here, let's take this for example. They're probably saying, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Now, whenever music is played, or anything for that matter, there is what's called an atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. Now, what is an atmosphere? An atmosphere, in, according to Webster's Dictionary, is a gaseous envelope surrounding the earth or the air. Or in chemistry, it's a gaseous envelope or a medium. In other words, where there is an atmosphere, you can tell what is taking place. Not by looking, even just sometimes by feeling. The atmosphere. It's what's in the atmosphere. I think it was the great composer by the name of Phil Collins that said, I could feel it calling in me. What does he say right after air tonight? Why would he say, oh, Lord? What does the Lord have to do with the atmosphere? What does that have to do with that? It has nothing to do with that. Well, does it? See, because the atmosphere and where you put yourself, where you put your body matters because of what you are made of and what rhythm that you have. Now, after the atmosphere, if an atmosphere happens so often and it keeps happening the same way, after so many times, what we do after that atmosphere, we can tell. And after a series of atmospheres, we could tell, we could judge it, and then we call it a climate. We could tell the climate. Why? Because of the atmosphere. So we could look at that. We could see all that. We can see it all together, right? This is good. Look at this is what climate is. Climate is the composite or generally prevailing weather, conditions of a region or, or temperature, air pressure, humidity, precipitation, sunshine, cloudiness, and winds throughout the year, averaged over a series of years. Because of a climate, we can determine what can grow and what can't grow. In other words, if you go to Phoenix, Arizona, they will not be growing oranges. Why? Because it's not the right atmosphere. That's not the right place to grow oranges. We will not be able to grow avocados in Antarctica. Why? Because it's not the right atmosphere. Things are not going to grow there properly. So what do we do? We're able to look at the climate. And once you see the climate, you can tell what is happening. The average heart rate of each person is 60 to 90 beats per minute, right? That's what they call it. So even your heart needs a rhythm. Your heart has a rhythm. That's why many times when you're in a club, the DJ understands. He knows that. So what does he do? Turn the music up. Please don't stop the... Because as long as the music is going, so is your rhythm. As long as that is going, and why? So that's why when you're there in the club, right? Let's just take this for example. Let's just get out the club. You ever been in an elevator? Right? You've been in an elevator? You walk into that elevator, that's the climate of the elevator. That's where it's at. Now, let's just say, let's just take, for example, you ever go to the barber shop, they're playing music, right? You're just there, you're getting a haircut, getting a nice little haircut, getting your hair done. They're playing music, and the music's talking about hit them, kick them, beat them down, hit them, kick them, beat them down. Sock them in the face. Sock them in the face. Sock, sock them in the face. Sock them in the face. Sock, sock them in the face. And you're just getting a haircut. That's it. You're just getting a haircut. Sock them in the face. Sock them in the face. Sock, sock them in the face. Hit them. Kick them. Beat them down. Sock them in the face. Sock, 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 sock. Sock them in the face. What happens is you're done with your haircut. You pay your thing. And you see your friend walking out. Hey, what's up, dude? What's up, man? Why you want to sock me? I don't know. I don't know. Just feel like socking somebody. Just feel like doing it. Like, 
Why are you kicking? I don't know. I just feel like kicking you right now. It's weird. Because that's the climate. The atmosphere, enough of that, you begin to tell what can and cannot grow in places because of the climate. See, that's why it's very important we tell you, come to church. Why? Number one, because it's biblical. But two, it's because this is where you can grow as a Christian. The atmosphere. That when we're here, you sense it, you feel it in the music. You could see it in the people. There is a good atmosphere that is here. That's why a lot of times when you're in the club, you don't even like, man, why do I feel like dancing like this? I don't even know how to dance. They're like, man, why, what are you doing? I don't even know. It's like weird. It's weird like that. You don't even have a backside. I know, but that's what the song says. It's like, what? 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 I don't know why. That's what it, it found me. I'm Miss New One. That's what it said. That, what, I don't know. Are you drunk? I ain't even drunk yet, but the music just, because that's the atmosphere. And you could tell what grows there. You do it enough, you can gauge it. So that's why a lot of times people say, well, what's wrong with that? It's not that there's wrong. I can tell what can or cannot grow there. I could just tell. It doesn't take a genius to tell you what is happening there. It doesn't take a genius to drive up the five and you can see all the things that are growing there. Why? Because that's the harvest. That's the right atmosphere. It grows there. It doesn't take a genius to go by the club and tell you something's going to be happening tonight. I think someone's going to get shot. Oh, that's cold. They're, you're judging. No, I could tell that's the atmosphere. Get drunk enough, somebody's going to get beat down by the end of the night. Why? Because that's the atmosphere. That's what happens. Oh, not me. I, I could take it. Can you? Because the atmosphere says otherwise. The climate says otherwise. Now, after the atmosphere and after the climate, if you go to that thing enough times and it keeps happening enough times, after we see that that's the atmosphere and we can predict by the series of atmospheres that happen over a period of time, we can tell, well, that's the climate. I can tell what grows there. Now, after you tell what grows there and you keep going back to that, that's called a stronghold. That's a stronghold. Now, what happens is, it goes from the atmosphere into your mind, and it becomes a part of who you are. It just makes you who you are. I want to get high. I'm not in the club, and I feel like getting high. I don't want to do that. I'm not even at home, and I want to get, why do I want to do that? I'm not even around my friends, but I just want to get drunk. Why is that? Because the atmosphere invaded you and it got inside of you so well, that, that, that's not true that that can't happen there's just no way that that can take place there's a thing that's happening within the young people of today there's this thing um i don't know the exact terminology for it but there's many young men and young women this is what they're doing they're actually choking themselves and they choke themselves, but it's not a suicidal attempt. This is what it is. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. There's a, a thing they call it. What happens when they do it, the actual scientific term is called hypopoxemia. And what it is is they choke themselves, and they do it so that their blood pressure goes low. And when their blood pressure goes low, there becomes what they call a natural high. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but that's what they do. They choke themselves enough to where they get, and uh, the scientific term is called, uh, what they call it, poxy or hypopoxemia. And they choke themselves because they want to get that high. There is a natural high that they want to have. Now, the thing about this is that you, even you and I, or should, should I say, before you got saved, you wanted this thing too. Whether you did crack cocaine, alcohol, all this stuff. Because remember, all of this stuff is connected to your mind. When you wanted to get away, your hands didn't want to get away. Your mind did. When you wanted to run away, your feet didn't want to run away. Your mind did. It was everything that got into your mind. Remember, this is very important. This mind is very important. 
Your hands are important. Your feet are important. Your eyes are very important. But your mind is very important. So what happens is when these young people, what they do, they choke themselves, and they want to get this natural high. It releases what's called dopamines. You guys heard that term before? Or we could just put it in a half, call it dope. That's really why they call it dope. They call it dope because it releases dopamines. And the more dopamines that are released, then the better you feel. That's how it is. Now, there's five elements to the dopamines. I'm not going to get into all that. We have a lot of time. But remember, I'm not even giving you scripture. This is just scientifically proven. This is science proven. So what happens is when they do this and they choke themselves, the blood goes down, the blood pressure goes down, the oxygen, there's no oxygen to the brain, and there becomes a natural high. The thing about it is that when your blood pressure goes down, you get this natural high, your defenses go down. So what happens is your brain becomes defenseless, and you become more susceptible to what goes inside of it. See, this is why crack fiends, look, look at this, crack fiends, when they do uh, dope or crack, it releases all these dopamines. Hundreds of thousands that make them feel good. And that's why crack fiends can go without sex or food. Because sex releases dopamine. Food releases dopamine. But why would I do that? I have everything I need. There's no need for that. That's why a lot of times there's no need. Because I have what I need. It releases. See, your body naturally has what is needed, but it's how you release it. It's natural. It's in you. This part that you're looking for, it's inside of you, but it's how to get it out. And the enemy knows how to get it out. So what does he do? He plays the music to get it out. Music releases dopamine because it makes you feel good. You listen to a song and you're like, or you're going through anger and, and you're going through bitterness and you're going through a hard time. What do you do? You put on a good song and you're like, oh, I feel better. Because music can change your rhythm. Music can change who you are or who you're not. It it's already inside of you. It's just a matter of unlocking it. Doctors have proven that music is the only hand or the only key that can go into your brain and unlock any door that it wants without your consent. You have no choice. See, right now, me and you, I'm talking to you. We're talking, and we're like, okay. And some of you, you might remember two things I say, three things I say. But in a moment's notice, I could play a song that you haven't heard in 10 years and you'll remember it. You haven't heard it in 10 years. You're like, oh, but that was my jam. How do I remember this? Oh, my gosh. Because music is the vehicle that can go into your brain and unlock any door, whether you like it or not. Have no choice. That's what music will do. That's why ABCs are so good. That's how they taught it to you. If you want to... Teach someone a conviction or teach someone a belief, sing it to them. You know who believed in that? Hitler. Hitler believed in that. Not only that, you know who believed in that? Pharaoh believed in that. Pharaoh believed in that. Look it up on your own. I'm not going to go too deep into it right now. But there's a, there in the scripture in the Bible where it talks about Moses, right? And he went to Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And so Pharaoh was like, okay, you know what? Go ahead. Take all the adults. Take them all. Take all the adults. That's what he tells them. Take all the adults. Now, why would he say take all the adults? I want to keep all the kids. Because he understands that at a young age, if I can teach them and show them what the gods that we serve, how their God is nothing, I can mold their minds now. The older ones, I can't shape them. They are who they are. They're already old. They're set in their ways. But let me get the young ones. Let me get the little ones. Let me show them how we worship gods and that their God is just like any other God. It's not a big deal. So that when they see us 
worship gods, they will see that their God, the God of Abraham, is just like everybody else. It's not a big deal. But that's why Moses said, no, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of this thing. We do not need to be here. We need to go worship God on our own, purely sanctified, separate from anyone else. We've got to separate ourselves because we need to teach our children that our God is the right God. They need to see who Jehovah God really is because here in Egypt, if you look to your left, you look to your right, you look over here, everybody looks like they're worshiping a God, but they need to know who the real God is is and the only way to do that is they got to separate themselves they got to separate themselves and even pharaoh knew that that's why he said take the adults they're set in their ways but give me the kids because i'm going to teach them my ways when i was younger i used to go to sleep listening to music every night listening to music Now, I wonder, I look back now, I know why, but I used to wake up every morning going, man, I need a girlfriend. Now, I wouldn't say that. I would never say that. I'm not saying that. But every morning I would wake up, man, I need a girlfriend. I need a girl. Hmm, this is weird. Off to school we go. Now, probably could have been the music that I was listening to the night before that I was going to sleep to that I was putting inside my head. See, your brain and your mind is so important that what you put in here, that's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This thing is so important. It's very important. Did you know that it's so important that even David realized that if he's going to kill the enemy, what did he do? He didn't cut off his arm. He didn't cut off his leg. What did he do? He took a little stone and he put it right here. This is all I'm gonna kill him. Kill him right here. So what does the enemy do? He goes, uh, let them do whatever they want with their hands. Let them go to church. That's fine. I just want their mind. They can go to church all they want. Their feet could be there, but their mind is mine. They can go wherever they want. They can look good on the outside. As long as on the inside, I got them. And that's all that matters. See, that's why it's very important. Listen to me, church. Listen, to, It's very important, the things that, that go into your ears. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. The enemy realizes it. That's why even the Bible calls him the prince of the, prince of the air. Don't think for a second, oh, it's just, just the music is sweet. The enemy goes, perfect. That's exactly what I want him to think. It's just music, just a beat. I don't know about you, but when you want to get high, you don't listen to R. Kelly, Luther Vandross. No, what do you do? Oh, Metallica, Psycho Neil, this guy or that guy. I want to get high. Why? Because a certain type of music creates certain types of people. It creates them. So don't think for a second, oh, it's not a big deal. That's why when we come here, the first thing we do before anything is we lift our hands and we worship God in singing. That's why for those of you that think, well, I don't, I don't really need to worship God. It's not that big. It's just music anyways. It's just music. It's not that big of a deal. But I want, I want you to know something. This is very important to who we are as Christians. The music that we have, the music that you sing. See, the Bible says the weapons that we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Therefore, since we surround ourselves with such a cloud of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 12, let us throw off everything that hinders and entangles us so easily. These things that come in so easily. Let it be thrown out. This is how I want to conclude. I was watching an analogy, man, a powerful analogy. And I'm going to try my best to explain it as best as I can to you as he comes here this morning. There's a story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. And it talks about how this woman followed Paul and Silas. Right? Everybody knows Paul and Silas when they were in prison. Oh, they were in prison, and they sang songs, and they, you know, sang hymns, and they 
Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, they did. Do you know how they got sent to prison? They got sent to prison because there was a woman following them. And when he turned around and he told that spirit to leave, that's what happened. And so the people saw this and said, man, what are they doing? They can't be doing this. Well, the Bible calls it the spirit of divination or translated the spirit of a python. The spirit of a python. Now, the spirit of a python is very important. It's not the spirit of a cobra. It's not the spirit of a rattlesnake. Why? Because a cobra or a rattlesnake, it could spit poison, and that's how you die. But the spirit of a python, it's not how you die. What a python does is very much different. The purpose of a python and how it kills its victim, what it does, it will see its prey, and it will wrap itself around its victim. So little by little, what it will do is it will wrap itself around the legs, wrap itself around the rib cage, wrap itself around the chest, around the face, and it will squeeze the life out of them until they're dead. That's what a python does. Now, this is the only time in Scripture where you will find this type of a name, python. And the thing about it is that the Bible says that they were traveling and as they would travel, this woman kept coming at them. And she kept actually saying, listen to them, for they know how to be saved. Listen to them. Even though the Bible calls her a witch or a slave girl of sorcery. But why would a woman of sorcery or a witch tell what is true? Because it was true. They do know how to be saved. But she kept on saying, listen to them, listen to them, listen to them, listen to them. But in all reality, she was mocking them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen to them. I don't know what they're talking about. Because little by little, what happens is the spirit of Python just wraps itself around its victim. And it squeezes the life out of them. So finally, Paul got fed up. He turned around and said, hey, get out of here. See, some of you, if you're not careful... You think it's not a big deal. I just take a little joint. I just take a little hit. It's just a, a, a cigarette. That's all it is. You know, it starts with a cigarette. Those of you that have done drugs, right, You start, it started with a cigarette when you were young, when you were there in high school, junior high. You were like, the biggest thing, oh, I just want to take a cigarette. I want to tell you something. If God wanted you to smoke a cigarette, he'd have put a chimney on the top of your head. You're not built in with a chimney. So don't be messing around with that. There's no such thing as holy smoke. But we start with that. Just, oh, it's just a little. It's, nothing, it's just not a big deal. It's just a little, little. That's where it starts. It starts with that. And little by little, man, I, I need to get higher than this feeling. What's next? Then you go to the next one. And after that, then you take a hit of that. And, it's, and even though it's scientifically proven that marijuana kills your brain cells, people keep, still keep loving to do it. You could tell them, dude, it kills your brain cells. But in our minds, we're like, well, I ain't dead yet. Now, it's a good thing God gave you billions upon billions of brain cells. But I want to tell you something. Some of you, you're like me. You ain't got enough to spare. You need to keep all the brain cells you can have. And what happens is little by little, the spirit of Python just wraps itself around you. It's not a big deal. It's just, and then you go from here, then you go to here, to the arm. The alcohol, it's just a sip. That's all it is. It's just, it's just a sip. It's a small little thing. That's it. It's just a small sip. It's just one night in the club. It's just one night. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna stand in the corner. No one's gonna see me. I'm just right here. It's not a big, I need to support my friend. I'm just here to support. I want to support her. I want to support him. And little by little, it wraps itself around you until it squeezes the life out of you. I want to tell you something. This is very important, especially for men and women like us. You grew up, especially like me, I love music. I love music. You saw me here this morning. I'm playing the drums. I love music. 
That's why I understand that it's very difficult for me whenever I hear music. I got to be very, very careful what comes in. This is my brain. This is my mind. I'm the one allowing it to be transformed by God's word. It's me. I got to be very careful. There's so much. I got so much more stuff. It's not even funny. I got so much stuff. Uh, Probably some of your favorite artists will trip you out. Stuff that you may know, stuff that you may not know. I got stuff, even myself, I did some interviews with my very own artist that will blow you away. Stuff that you've probably never heard before. And you're like, what? I didn't know, yeah. You know, some of the concerts that you went to before you were saved, listen, before you were saved, some of the artists that you listened to, they used to pray satanic prayers so that when you would listen to their music, you would leave there wanting to worship the devil. I know it as a fact because I interviewed somebody who told me that. It's the truth. It's the truth. Say, wow, no way. It, it can't be. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. It's not true. I want to tell you something. Whether you believe it's true or not, your brain is real. Your mind is real. And the enemy, he's real. And he knows how he's going to get you. And he knows that the way into here sometimes is through here. He knows that. God knows that. That's why the Bible says when we worship him, we worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why when we worship him in truth, it's freedom. The truth shall set you free. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. John chapter 17. It's truth. Listen, I, I got a lot more stuff, a whole lot more stuff. Now, some of this is irrelevant to many of you because you're like, well, I don't care for those artists. I don't, I'm not that big on music. And it's not a big deal. Well, you need to know something. Your heart is on a rhythm, and so is your mind. It's on a rhythm. Whether you like it or not, there's a rhythm that happens in it. And if you want it to grow properly, you need to put yourself in the right atmosphere. Some of you, you're in places that you know you shouldn't be. You know what you got to do? Just like Paul and Silas. Turn around. Get out of here. I need you. You need to leave in the name of Jesus. That's what some of you need to do. Some of you just got to flat out turn around and say, get out of my house. strong with it. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I just came to bring war. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. A lot of, a lot of the things that are happening in your house, maybe there might be some sexual immorality happening in your house, and you know who you are. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. But a little bit, remember, it's just a little, just squeeze the life out of you. Next thing you know, it's away from God. The enemy knows understands he's not going to make you sin right away and go out there. He starts little by little. Today, make that stand and say, no, not in my house. Ain't no python coming around me. It's not going to happen. Not today. I want to make a, a plea to all the fathers. Listen to me, dads. And this is how I'm going to close. Dads, that's your house. You're the man of that house. If you want to learn a little bit more about being a husband and being a father, you come this Saturday with Evangelist Mondo and our leader Chris. But I want to tell you something right now. That's your house. You say, yeah, but I just want to be there praying. Uh, first thing you're supposed to be that God calls you to be is a father. That's what you're supposed to be, a father. Now, there are times and moments for friendship, but your relationship So if you have to, you're going to have to have some time alone. As for me and my house, that's the Lord. I know it's not easy. I know some of you think, oh, Pastor, you can say that. It's easy. You don't have kids that are teenagers. No, but I will. And if the principles of the gospel are the same, then I'll be saying the same thing in 15 years when I'm standing right next to you. If it's the truth, I'll be saying the same thing. 
Now, the reason why I also say it is because that's what my father used to say when I was a teen. I'm stubborn with you all the time. I don't think you know how much I love you. I want to believe it a lot. I even listen to it. My dad, he used to take out my earphones. He goes, hey, take it from me. two hours to make that mix. <laughs> I was a tight mixer, too. I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Fast. Take my mix. And just break it. Fast. I said, take that mix and make another one. And guess what he would do? Take that one, too. He couldn't stop me from making mixes, but he definitely wanted to make sure that he would stop me from going down the path of sin as best as he could. He knew that I wasn't going to be per perfect, and he knew that he wasn't going to be perfect. But he still made the effort. He still said something. Yeah, you know what I'm offering? Not now. Some of you right now, your parents, your kids are being wrapped around with this python. And it's strangling your kids to death. Stand with me here this morning. There's so much more that I had, but I just wanted to give you just a quick foundation of where your worship.